Welcome to the Mariners cast presented to you by Sports Ethos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganasius. You can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. It is September 18th, Monday. Mariners are licking their wounds coming off of a three-game sweep by the hands of the Los Angeles Dodgers. It was a pretty ugly series offensively. Mariners uh, starting pitching did not come up clutch. Mariners bats certainly went ice cold. Uh, On today's Mariners cast, we will cover that Dodgers series, talk about what went wrong, uh, preview this upcoming three days. Mariners are in Oakland to take on the Oakland A's. We'll talk about what Toronto, Texas, and Houston are up to, and uh, and then we will preview uh, the Oakland Athletics a bit. So the Mariners are 81 and 68, two and a half games out in the American League West behind the Houston Astros, one game behind the Texas Rangers. The Rangers currently sit in the third wild card spot uh, behind the Toronto Blue Jays, of whom the Mariners are a game and a half behind. The Mariners have a 52.9% chance to make the playoffs, according to ESPN. Uh, I believe, I still believe the Mariners will make it. That number has come down quite a bit off the 85, 90% that we saw a couple of weeks ago, but I still believe the Mariners will get in. So what happened in this Dodgers series? Uh, The Mariners had George Kirby, Bryce Miller, and Logan Gilbert going, uh, you would have liked to have seen Luis Castillo going in this series, but uh, this year the Mariners have been able to count on George Kirby and Logan Gilbert specifically to pitch well. Uh, neither of them pitched as well as one would expect. Uh, they certainly did not pitch to the, their yearly averages. Uh, George Kirby in game one, six innings, five hits, four runs, two walks, seven strikeouts. He did have very good stuff. Um, His stuff was moving all over the place. Uh, He missed his location a couple of times. And really the Dodgers are such a good team that they were able to come up with clutch hits and uh, the offense did not muster enough uh, runs to be able to support a subpar uh, George Kirby outing. George Kirby is now 10 and 10 with a three, five, seven ERA. I think he's been better than 10 and 10 with a three, five, seven this season, but that's where his numbers stand. Offensively, uh, the Mariners got three runs, they got a home run on a, an 0-2 breaking ball to Eugenio Suarez, uh, but the offense was just was pretty ice cold in this one. Uh, 11 hits, three runs, the one home run, as I said, the Mariners only walked twice. They were facing Bobby Miller, right-handed starter for the Dodgers. He is a rookie. He does have very good stuff. Um, but he's been slightly hittable this season. It was George Kirby was cruising. Mariners were up one nothing going into the fifth. Kirby gave up two in the fifth, two in the sixth. Um, Mariners go down four one, score two in the bottom of the sixth to make it four three. But then uh, the Dodgers pulled away with one in the eighth and one in the ninth. Bullpen pitched okay. Spire gave up a run. Thornton gave up a run. Topa and Brash pitched. Uh, didn't give up any runs, but really the story of this game, like I said, was George Kirby uh, surrendering those four runs. In game two, 
The Mariners faced Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw was on, certainly on a pitch count in this one, coming off of um, the injured list. Uh, Bryce Miller went for the Mariners. Bryce Miller matched Clayton Kershaw pitch for pitch. Kershaw went four innings of scoreless ball. Bryce Miller, five and a third. Four hits, no runs, one walk, four strikeouts. Uh, became a bo- battle of the bullpens. Neither team scored until the 10th. Dodgers scored one in the 10th. Mariners scored one in the 10th. Dodgers scored five in the 11th. Mariners lose 6-2. Gabe Spire was the first to give up runs in that 11th. He gave up three runs. Two of them were earned. And then Isaiah Campbell came in and hung a couple of really bad breaking balls um, and gave up two runs in two-thirds of an inning. So obviously pitching was good through nine. Specifically, Bryce Miller, five and a third, four hits, one walk, one, four strikeouts. He did not get very many swings and misses, only five swing swings and misses on 43 swings. He did get 11 called strikes. Um, very strange game from Bryce Miller coming off of a game where he got a ton of swing and miss. Only 12% against the Dodgers on Saturday. Uh, 65 of his 86 pitches were two or four seam fastballs. So I think looking at that, um, he probably was pitching to contact a bit bit more against his Dodgers team. That's a very high percentage of fastballs, uh, but he was effective. Um, As I said, a parade of Mariners relievers, Taylor Saucedo, Matt Brash, Andres Munoz pitched in the 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth, And then Justin Topa pitched in the 10th, gave up the one run, and then Spire and Campbell, as I said, kind of, um, blew it in the 11th. One, uh, one batter of note I wanted to talk about, Colton Wong, sacrifice fly for the Dodgers on 94-mile-an-hour fastball. That was center cut in the 10th. Uh, big, big, big knife in the middle of the Mariners' heart. Um, he, will twi- he twisted it on Sunday, uh, but it was heartbreaking to see Colton Wong come up clutch against the Mariners given um, given his... Uh, difficulties with the Mariners early in, earlier in the season. One other manager note that I wanted to bring up, uh, Mike Ford in the 10th had a pinch hit RBI single, which was great. But Scott Service left him in uh, to run at first base. And J.P. Crawford ends up doubling after that, and Ford was not able to score. Had Ford been able to score in the 10th, the Mariners would have won. And I don't care if you have to put um, a reliever in to run for Mike Ford if the reliever is faster than he is. You know, I'd ask, is Eduard Bizzardo faster than Mike Ford? Probably. Um, Luis Torrens was on the bench. Is he faster than Mike Ford? I guess he might be, right? But anybody but Mike Ford on first base to run in the 10th, and um, there is a good chance the Mariners score a second run and go on to win this game. So that was something that bothered me quite a bit was to see him on the base paths. I know they didn't have any more uh, outside of Terenz. They didn't have another defensive replacement for Ford, but I would have liked to have seen someone else um, pinch run for him. So the Mariners lose on Saturday, 6-2. They go into Sunday. You've got uh, Logan Gilbert on the mound for the Mariners, a bullpen game for the Dodgers, likely, uh, Mariners had a good, I feel like should have had a good chance in this game with Gilbert on the mound. And he 
was not sharp. Five innings, seven hits, five runs. All five were earned. One walk, six Ks. Gave up two home runs. Um, you needed Logan Gilbert to be to come through, right? The way the feeling coming out of this series would have been: yes, the Mariners lost two of three. This Dodgers team has a legitimate shot to win the World Series. You competed with them. You went to extra innings on Saturday. And Logan Gilbert came through on Sunday, right? That would have been uh, the narrative. But Gilbert was terrible. Five runs in five innings. And the Mariners couldn't hit Shelby Miller, Ryan Yarborough, or Gavin Stone. Mariners struck out 13 times on Sunday. We'll talk about the hitting in a minute. But Gilbert gave up the five runs. Bizarro came in, two innings, two hits, no runs. Dominic Leone came in for the last two innings, one hit, one run, one walk, two strikeouts. Um, but there were some themes for the Mariners in this series, uh, offensively that I think need to be discussed. We won't even go into Gilbert's outing. It was terrible. Um, the Mariners were four for 33 this weekend with runners in scoring position. Four for 33. They hit 121 with runners in scoring position. It's horrible. Mariners had two total two out RBIs in this series. I believe one was J.P. Crawford and the other was Mike Ford. And they were outscored 18 to 6. Mariners faced Bobby Miller, who is a talented arm, but a rookie. I think you could equate Bobby Miller with uh, Bryce Miller and Brian Wu, kind of similar talent level, um, similar performance in their rookie seasons as starting pitchers on contending teams. Um, doesn't mean he's unhittable, right? Mariners face a an old Clayton Kershaw coming off the injured list, uh, limited in his innings. You knew he was going to go, you know, five at the most. He goes four. Mariners can't muster anything off of any of the relievers um, that they face afterwards. And yes, Dodgers have good arms in that bullpen, but a if you have real if you have expectations of the Mariners going anywhere in the playoffs. You've got to be able to hit other teams' bullpens. And then on Sunday, you have your number three starter, who is the number two starter on a lot of teams, going on Sunday against a an opener in Shelby Miller and a bunch of bullpen arms with the Dodgers. And you can't win that one either. So again, Mariners four for 33 with runners in scoring positions, in scoring position, two two-out RBIs, outscored 18 to 6. Mariners go 25 for 111 in the series. They hit 225 with no power to speak of. In these three games, the Mariners had four doubles. I believe three of them were J.P. Crawford and one home run, which was a solo home run on a breaking breaking ball on an 0-2 pitch from Bobby Miller to A. Eugenio Suarez. That is it. 225, 121 with runners in scoring position. Four doubles, one homer, nine walks, 39 strikeouts. The Mariners averaged three walks and 13 strikeouts in each one of these games. JP went four for 13 with three doubles, two walks, went one for two with runners in scoring position. Not great, but not horrible. Julio Rodriguez, three for 14 with a walk in four Ks. 0 for five with runners in scoring position. Cal Raleigh. Two for 12 with 
two walks, six strikeouts. He went 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position. I don't know why Luis Torrens is is on the roster if you were not going to start him in game two against Kershaw. Cal Raleigh looks tired. I would be too. He looks beat up. He's getting hit by, you know, foul balls while catching. He's hobbling. His swing looks bad. He's got six strikeouts and 12 plate appearances or 12 at-bats. Over five with runners in scoring position. And you're facing a lefty. The Mariners hit Cal Raleigh third against a left-handed starter. We all know Cal Raleigh's better against right-handed pitching. Terenz, right-handed hitter, a 100 WRC plus for his career against lefties. That is league average. But I would have played him, if nothing else, to rest Cal Raleigh. I imagine... It had something to do with uh, Bryce Miller pitching to Cal Raleigh. But still, Cal needed a rest. And you can see that in his stats. Again, two for 12, six strikeouts, 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position. Taylor Hernandez, one for 13. The walk in five Ks. He was one for seven with runners in scoring position. Eugenio Suarez, one for 12. That solo home run was it. A walk, four Ks, 0 for 3 with runners in scoring position. Jared Kelnick, 2 for 10, 0 for 2 with runners in scoring position on the series. Ty France now, he went 5 for 11 with 3 Ks, and he was 1 for 1 with runners in scoring position. All five hits were singles, but 5 for 11, obviously can't get mad at that. Dominic Canzone, 0 for 4, 0 for 2 with runners in scoring position. Dylan Moore, 0 for 4, 3 strikeouts, 0 for 1 with runners in scoring position. Mike Ford, 3 for 5, he played well. Josh Rojas, two for eight with four strikeouts. He was 0 for three with runners in scoring position. Sam Haggerty, two for five with three Ks. Caballero was a pinch runner in game two. That was it. And Torrens got a DMP in all three games in the series. So, again, Mariners had no clutch hitting, four for 33 with runners in scoring position, two two-out RBIs, were outscored 18 to six, and hit one home run in the series. You are not going to win hitting like that. As I've said, this team will go as far as Julio goes. And I say that knowing that or assuming that the starting pitching would continue uh, to pitch as well as they had, right? Where you have a low low threes ERA from Castillo, Gilbert, and Kirby. You've got a mid threes to four ERA from Brian Wu and Bryce Miller. And you've got a bullpen that is very consistent, say a top five bullpen in baseball. And while I think the pitching, you know, the pitching certainly has fallen off. The pitching, I think, is a little bit tired, specifically the bullpen. I don't think they've been horrendous. They weren't in this series outside of Logan Gilbert's start on Sunday. But if Julio's not hitting, and not, I'm not talking about Julio on the historic streak that he had, you know, six weeks ago. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying an 850 OPS Julio with pull side power who is the catalyst for this offense, right? And then help. It's becoming, we will talk about it uh, in the offseason, it's becoming very clear that the Mariners are at least a bat short, probably two. I think Teo has gotten some undeserved uh, criticism for his performance over the course of the year. I think he's been very good. Cal Raleigh is elite. 
JP Crawford has been very good, but the Mariners need more because you are going to go through stretches like this where the pitching isn't dominant. And you're going to go through stretches where Julio Rodriguez is going to slump. Every player slumps, right? Even superstars. And you need still need to be able to win these games. There's nothing right now. You hit 225 with 120 and 121 with runners in scoring position against the Dodgers. It's not going to cut it. Mariners have to find the energy, the focus, um, the intensity from somewhere. It's got to come from somewhere. You were hoping it came from the fans, from being at a sold out T-Mobile this week, this last weekend, playing against the Dodgers, and they didn't rise to the occasion. Toronto is off today. They start a series against the Yankees in New York on Tuesday. The Rangers host the Boston Red Sox. The Astros host the Baltimore Orioles. Um, I think that, you know, Texas and Houston have tough matchups against Boston and Baltimore. Um, I like that, especially with the Mariners going to Oakland. Uh, the Blue Jays taking on the Yankees. The Yankees have been hot as of late, but have not played well this year. Uh, the Mariners have a chance to make up some ground here. Despite the fact that they lost to the Dodgers, despite the fact that the Mariners have been ice cold as of late, they're still one game out of the playoffs against a team of whom they have seven games left against. Seven of their last 12 games are against the Texas Rangers. Or last 13, I think it is. So the Mariners have a shot, right? You play well against the Rangers, you're probably going to make the playoffs. Mariners have three against Houston. The AL West is not out of the realm of possibilities, two and a half games out. It would do absolute wonders for the Mariners to win the division. As Jason Churchill said last week, Mariners win the division, you get that bye, right? Because the American League West winner is going to get the bye. And you get to rest. Imagine what, you know, five days rest, a week's rest does for the Mariners team. Pitching gets to recuperate, right? Bullpen gets to rest. Cal Raleigh gets to rest. Julio Rodriguez, J.P. Crawford, Taylor Hernandez, these guys that play every day get to rest. I think that, you know, the Mariners have a legitimate shot if the Mariners can win this division. And it's not as if they can't with three against Houston and seven against Texas. They just have to go out and actually do it. So, as I said, Toronto is off today, plays in New York against the Yankees Tuesday. Rangers host the Red Sox. Astros host the Orioles. I think the Mariners will get some help from those teams. Mariners travel to Oakland tonight. It is Brian Wu against J.P. Sears. Brian Wu, 3-4 and four with a 4-1-6 ERA and a 1-1-5 whip. He is at 75 and two-thirds innings. That is the big number because we know he has a cap. He's brought his... Uh, Triple slash against lefties down a bit. It is now 308, 393, 562 slug. I know that sounds horrible, but it's not nearly where it was about a month ago. Um, still dominant against righties, 160 average. His last start was on the 12th against the Los Angeles Angels. Five and two-thirds innings, four hits, no runs, no walks, eight strikeouts. 70 of his 83 pitches were fastballs and sinkers. He threw 13 pitchers, or 13 pitches that were not some form of fastball. 
and he was effective. Um, will that work against the athletics? I, I don't know. That's clearly what Bryce Miller did in his last start as well. So we will see. I have confidence in Brian Wu. Um, I think he will come out and pitch well against the A's uh, in this game. He is opposing left-handed J.P. Sears, 27 years old. Sears is 5'11", 180. He is a left-handed starter. He was drafted, interestingly, by the Mariners in the 11th round in 2017. He is a free agent in 29. J.P. Sears has given the Athletics 157.2 innings this season, 5-11 with a 4-4-5 ERA and a 1-2-3 whip. His last start was also on the 12th in Houston against the Astros. Six innings, five hits, two runs, two walks, three strikeouts, 6.7% walk rate, 21.6% K rate. That is in the 37th percentile in baseball. Not a huge swing and miss guy, not a huge whiff guy. Um, One thing of note in his batted ball is that he only surrenders a 30% ground ball rate. So an extreme fly ball pitcher, J.P. Sears, which – is kind of the recipe that the athletics are have used for years in that huge park in Oakland. So you will see a lot of fly balls off the bats of the Mariners. Um, he throws about 50% forcing fastballs at 93 miles an hour. And then sweeper primarily or sweeper change up slider against righties and then fastball sweeper slider, no change up against lefties. Um, his sweeper and slider just over a 30% whiff rate. His four-seam and changeup, just over a 21% whiff rate. So J.P. Sears is a quality pitcher. He's not, you know, he's not going to be an ace. He's not going to be a number three. Uh, if J.P. Sears was the Mariners' number five starter, I'd be happy with that. He gives you innings, obviously, kind of a low to mid-fours ERA, um, knows what he's doing on the mound. I like J.P. Sears, and I think the Mariners are going to have to to really – this isn't going to be a gimme against him. So one exercise that I like to do is I, I've carried this over from uh, my time as a guest on the Seahawks 360 with Candace Hagens. Go check it out, um, Ethos at Ethos Seahawks. I've been using a one through five rating system to just kind of see how much talent – is on each team. So I did that against the Seahawks against the Lions. I did that against the Lions. I did that in week one with the Rams. Um, And I did it for the A's. And I knew what it would say. It would say that just the A's have lack any sort of elite talent at all, which says the Mariners should win, right? What I found was, so one being the worst, five being the best. There was not a single five on the current uh, 26-man roster for the A's. The only fours that I saw or that I evaluated were Brent Rooker, their right-handed outfielder, who's been a bit of a revelation for them this season, and Zach Geloff, their rookie middle infielder out of uh, University of Virginia. Rooker, 26 home runs, 241, 324, 473 slug, 121 WRC plus. Um, has been quite good. He was better in the first half, but he's been quite good this year. Geloff, in 244 plate appearances, 12 homers, 11 steals, hitting 268, 336, 523 slug with a 136 WRC plus. I don't think 
either of these players do the same thing in 2024. I do think both of these players are very good. Um, Geloff, I think, has more ability to maintain that above average rating. I gave Shea Langoliers and uh, Ryan Noda three. So they as kind of average major leaguers at their position. Noda, because of his on-base percentage, Langoliers has not hit very well, but 20 home runs and very good defense behind the plate. And everyone else was ones and twos. Two being below average, one being basically shouldn't be on a major league team. Tony Kemp was a two. Seth Brown's a two. Lawrence Butler is a one. I think he has the talent to be a major leaguer. I don't think he should be up yet. Jordan Diaz is a one. Bat first, right-handed, bad defense, um, not a ton of power. And Nick Allen, their shortstop, is a defensive shortstop, right-handed hitter, hits for, for no power at all. And while he plays good defense at short, I think the time has passed for a defense-only shortstop. Um, on the bench, Asturi Ruiz, I gave a two. Huge steal numbers uh, and decent defense in center field, but does not hit for any power at all uh, to speak of. 82 WRC plus for uh, Asturi Ruiz. And then Tyler Soderstrom, their first-round pick a couple years ago, Came up as a catcher, will probably settle in at first base. Left-handed hitter hits for a lot of power. He has the upside of a four to me, but has is not there yet. He's only 21 years old. So very little offense to speak of. Only two players that I graded out as a four. That's Geloff and Rooker. Um, versus the Mariners, who I have JP as a four. And then Julio and Cal as fives. Elite. Right. Cal Raleigh is top five. Um, Fangraphs war at catcher. Julio Rodriguez, we know. And then Teo at three, Gino at three, Kelnick at three. You know, so the Mariners have more depth, right? There's more, uh, there's they don't fall off the cliff after you talk about the top couple of players. And the Mariners have two elite talents in Julio and, and Cal Raleigh. Um, and then pitching wise, the A's. Blackburn, I gave a three. J.P. Sears, three kind of league average type pitchers. And then Waldachuk and Luis Medina this season have been ones. Mason Miller has been hurt, but he has huge upside and huge injury history. So I just gave him a three. So no above average pitchers to speak of versus the Mariners. I gave Castillo a five. I think he is elite. He's a top 10 starter in baseball. Gilbert and Kirby got fours. Munoz, Brash, and Topa got fours. Wu and Miller are Wu and Miller are threes with the ability to get to a four. So much more talented team from the Mariners um, across the board. There is no reason why a team fighting for a playoff spot as the Mariners are should not go into Oakland and win at minimum two of three. I know I say this over and over again, but the talent says so. You've got Brian Wu against JP Sears. I think despite the fact that Wu is a rookie. Um, and Sears is a serviceable starter. Brian Wu should should have the pitching advantage in this game. Game two on Tuesday is Luis Castillo against against uh almost said Bob Blackburn for those old school Sonics fans out there. Against Paul Blackburn. Castillo is a Cy Young candidate. Blackburn is a an average starter in uh Major League Baseball. So better offense, better starting pitching in game two. It's George Kirby against TBD on Wednesday. Uh, even Kirby's start against the Dodgers on Friday should be sufficient in game three. So 
Mariners need to find it within themselves to refocus and come out swinging against the A's. The lack of clutch hitting in in the series against the Dodgers, the lack of power, um, the below average starts from George Kirby and, and Logan Gilbert. You can't do that anymore. You got 13 games left. 10 of them are against the teams right in front of you. It's time. There's no more, no more BSing, right? No more excuses. It's pretty clear what the Mariners' weaknesses are. We will talk about them in the, in the offseason. This offense definitely needs some help. Bullpen is probably an arm short. Uh, I don't know. This Dodger series was, was rough. It was rough for me um, to watch. Super excited to see a team like the Dodgers in Seattle, and they just came out and and were flat. Uh, so I will be back tomorrow. I will talk about um, tonight's game, uh, talk about Brian Wu's start. I am excited for this Oakland series. One other thing about this series is, is you know, there aren't going to be any fans in Oakland. There's probably going to be 5,000 fans, and the Mariners are going to have to play baseball with energy with intensity um they're gonna have to figure out how to how to care right i know they cared against the dodgers but figure out how to outwill the athletics in this series right they should want it more and it should show in their play and you got to do that without the energy of the stadium without the energy of the fans coming off of this deflating series against the dodgers they just got to find it from somewhere you look down that lineup, you know you'll have it from JP. You know you'll have it from Julio. Where else is it coming from? So I'm interested to see how they respond um, to this dip and to getting, you know, really just mollywopped by the Dodgers. Uh, but they got to respond. This is it. This is it. These next 13 games will obviously determine the path of the, of the Mariners for the rest of the year, but you win three in Oakland, you you pull, you know, to within a game or half a game of Houston and and tied with the with the Rangers or or you know above the Rangers. And you got a shot because you're playing them. But you've got to take care of business in Oakland first. Thank you for listening to today's Mariners cast. Once again, we are presented by Sports Ethos. You can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20. That's T-I-N-O-J-R-2-0. And the podcast at Ethos Mariners, E-T-H-O-S-M-A-R-I-N-E-R-S. I probably will be on with Candace Hagens and Seahawks 360 sometime this week. Go back and listen to our preview against the Lions. We posted that on Saturday. I did take the Seahawks in that one. Um, Devin Weatherspoon, super fun to watch. I think the or the Seahawks defense is picking up. I think the Seahawks are a playoff team. We will see. I think the Mariners are a playoff team. We will see. Enjoy the game tonight. Go Mariners. Take care, y'all. 